welcome back to Self-Care with Dr. Sarah. I'm Sarah B. And I'm Sarah R. And this episode, one of a two-parter for Sarah and I, <laughs> sitting here and doing this like podcast and friendship catch-up, is entitled Meltdown. And this is our attempt to talk about self-care strategies when everything is going wrong. Um, so when you're really kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel just in terms of functioning <laughs> just in terms of functioning and just getting through the day it was inspired by recent events in Sarah's life yeah um, and it seemed like the literal uh gif if you've ever seen this famous gif which we'll link to of course of, yes. a, of a woman crying under her desk while drinking wine and all of that was true except for the wine part <laughs> Literally true. <laughs> Literally true. I was on the floor last week under my desk. We'll get there, but it was it was a real uh, uh, low light in my yeah. last few months. Things had achieved. We had unlocked ultimate darkness. Um, <laughs> had been achieved, and what Sarah was saying at the time was that like even basic tasks were suddenly falling apart, and I was like, <laughs> it seems like you've like rebooted in safe mode. You know, and like when you reboot in safe mode, it's like the higher order stuff just doesn't work. And, and it's like you can't even really get Excel to work. And, and she was like, I can't even reboot in safe it's mode. Safe like, mode. <laughs> like well, well, literally, literally, because I was having a Linux problem and I needed to boot into safe mode. So for all you Linux nerds out there, like this was part of my problem was my computer was failing and even safe mode was not working. I couldn't even pull up a terminal prompt on my machine. We'll get there. Anyway, point is, it was all systems were failing. Yep. I, I like this analogy a friend of mine um, uh, gave it to me because I often describe when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I have this image of myself like trying to tread water in an ocean yep. and like waves are kind of like... <laughs> going over yeah. me and I gulp in some seawater but I'm still like still Flailing. trying to Flailing. just like yeah I'm just yeah. trying to keep my head above water so that's kind of a mental image that I have a lot but then my friend uh, Ty was saying how he he has this image where he's like trying to land one of these small like prop planes and all of a sudden the <laughs> engines are lighting on fire so it's like one will go up like you know and then and then it's like engine alert engine alert and then the other one will go off like you know and it's like all systems failing coming in for a crash landing and are you gonna at least be able to land the plane without you know dying and and <laughs> laughing about this because you know I, I sent him a after this after this crying under my desk episode I sent him a text I'm like all oh, my engines are in fire and he's like oh I'm at the back of the plane trying to manually turn the rudder <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's like I have grad students in the plane I have to land this thing <laughs> you know? things are looking real dark yeah I was like yeah, my my response was I was on the top of the plane just just waiting for the end it was coming in for a hard landing and <laughs> I had gotten out of the cockpit and was just resigned to my fate at that point what did you do what did you do this time to get over this meltdown or to yeah. get into well, the like meltdown short, short, short term and I guess a long term like you could get maybe into what kind of led into the meltdown but then like short term how did you just like stabilize the plane basically to keep from like spiraling um and then also like a longer term now that you're kind of emerged from the from the worst of it what did you do well uh the short term was i slept yep 
and I didn't set an alarm and I slept in. Mm-hmm. I exercised. I, I think I went home and ran that day and I just didn't look at the problem. Yep. And then the next day, I think it might have even been later that evening because I think I had to have this done by a certain deadline and and I just pomodoroed it through and I got into a groove and it actually came out okay. You know, and, and that just kind of getting that first step you know, in the forward momentum, like it seemed a momentous task, but then just doing it one Pomodoro at a time really helped. So I'd say that for this last crisis anyway, that's, that's what I did. And it kind of relates to what I'll talk about with the first crisis. I had two crises in the last three months, um, <laughs> two meltdowns, uh, you know, as you one clear, does. So level meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were, and they were both over computer problems. They were both over, over Linux. So I'll just tell, I'll just tell these two stories and then you have some stories that we can talk about kind of what we did. <laughs> with them. But both of mine revolve around Linux problems and, uh, which is a computer operating system for the, the non computer, uh, astronomy folks in the, in the audience. And it's, it's a less user-friendly operating system. It's not Mac or windows where someone has, uh, made updates and patches and things, you know, it's all, it's open source, which is great. I love Linux, but when it fails, it sometimes fails hard. And I don't have, I'm the only person who uses Linux in my department and the IT person in my department's really quite useless. I remember when I first ordered (laughs) my machine, I said, I need, I want to get a 16 core machine. And he said, what's a core? And I was like, we're going to have a real hard time from that's here what, on out. I think that's what literary types call <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so I have no tech support, which is also, you know, there's no one in my department. Um, I'm not in the physics and astronomy department. I'm in the geosciences department. And just no one uses Linux here. And, and you know, it's a 15-minute, you know, walk to the other the department where Linux is used. And, and so it's just, you know... It's all Sarah over and over with my Linux troubles. Well, anyway, so both meltdowns occurred where the first one happened where I, my computer wouldn't turn on and or something. I can't remember exactly the situation, but I also have a backup that I have set up every week uh, to backup my, my system. But that had failed the last two months and didn't tell me. And so I like then just had this moment of panic where... I realized that the backup had failed. I didn't, it was never alerting to me that it had failed. And now I couldn't access my machine. And I was like, oh my, you know, and I had your like, flash before your eyes. Yes, it did. I had this like kind of momentary, like I had a, little, a, a brief mini panic attack. I mean, where like my, like all of a sudden, like my heart started racing, like my yep. breath started happening faster. And I was, yep. you know, near tears. And then I just like quickly started just breathing you know, and, and thankfully in the moment you were like time to just focus on taking deep breaths. Yeah. Time to focus on taking deep breaths. And, and honestly, like, so it only lasted like that initial panic lasted about 30 seconds. So I feel very grateful that it wasn't longer, but it was definitely a moment of panic where breathing was the only thing that got me out of that one. I don't even remember how that situation resolved, but that was meltdown number one. That was meltdown number one. Uh, and that was, I think, in April or something like that. And, and I want to talk about this one because this happened kind of, I had been feeling in, in separate from the Linux issues because that was a one, you know, this one time, this one day thing. Uh, I, the stem of the tide of 
stress and overwhelmness had been rising. And so I did have this feeling of, you know, treading water and, and I had this for a while and I had told my, um, therapist about it. And I was so excited to see her. This is a therapist I don't really like here, but I was so excited because I just felt so shitty, uh, lately. And, And I had an appointment in my calendar for Friday or whatever, and she was coming over and I was like, so excited. And then, um, you know, I told her that, you know, uh, Ordinarily, I'm not, because I, I, this was what was happening separately from the Linux problems. I was trying to finish a proposal or something, and I couldn't even, like, I was trying to do Pomodors, and I couldn't even, like, type things. <laughs> like, I was at the level of just not even being able to type words into a Word document because I was so stressed. Yep. And I wasn't, I wasn't even able to finish, like, 25 minutes of work. So that's, like, the level of, of stress that was happening. And so, you know, this was before she came. And I was so excited because I'm like, yes, finally, hopefully she'll be able to help me out because I feel like all of my skills were failing. Like I didn't, Pomodoros weren't working, meditation wasn't working, exercise wasn't working. Like all of the things that I usually go to in my self-care toolkit were just not working. I still felt really overwhelmed and to the point of just shutting down and not doing anything. And it felt really different. And she asked me, you know, had you felt this way before? And I said, yeah, in my first year of grad school and after my dad died. And she asked, you know, how it resolved. And I said, basically just time, you know, like eight months of time. And I don't have that kind of time, you know. And then, you know, I said, I have some strategies, but they're failing. You know, I've tried meditation and I've tried free writing, which usually really works well for me, just writing in a journal, kind of like stream of consciousness thoughts, I find really therapeutic, or Pomodoras, and they're just not enough right now. And I asked her if she had any other strategies. And she smiled and looked to the (laughs) ceiling and said, yes, but I'm not going to tell you them because I think you know what you need to do. Now you just need to do it. Less talk, more action. (laughs) Like in the moment I realized this was shitty therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe it. I was like, you are, you have strategies that you think could help, but you're withholding them from me. Like I'm some, <laughs> like a wayward child. Yeah. Like yeah, some like a child. child that is just not doing what I need to do. So and I bet she was I just, bluffing. I bet she didn't have shit. Probably, probably. But, you know, I was so mad about it because I just felt like she was blaming me for my anxiety and my inability to just get over it. And I think, (laughs) yeah, I should eat therapy. I was really bad. I, you know, this was laughable. I don't know how she's paid level bad. And Mm -mm. and it reminds me, actually, of this great YouTube clip, which we're going to link on our Tumblr, which you just have Mm -hmm. to watch. Uh, listeners, it's amazing. It's a therapist um, skit uh, with Bob Newhart. It's, it's like harkening back to the 90s or whenever. But this woman comes in for therapy and and basically he just gives her the shittiest advice over and over and over and over again, like a, like a record. Um, and it's really funny. It's really great. And I highly recommend it. So we will, we will link to that. But yeah, so that happened. And then it was right after that, that then this Linux problem happened. So it's like a second problem. And that's what led to the panic attack. And then, you know, I had the panic attack and then, and then I saw her again after that. And I I told her, well, now I've actually had like a panic attack meltdown. I feel like, you know, you weren't validating what I was feeling before. And, and the advice that you gave me was not helpful. I feel like. I feel like I'm normally not someone who 
you know, doesn't act when I know what to do. That's not normally my problem. And I feel like you were not seeing my call for help, which was saying, look, I, this isn't usually me, but this is me right now. And I need some, some guidance. And, and she didn't really respond kind of to that. She was just like, well, I just think that, you know, you know what you need to do. And I'm like, I I don't know what to tell you lady. And that's when I went to the GP to see if I could switch. and, And that's when I was found out I couldn't. And, and so then the, the thing came up, well, what do you do if therapy fails? Like, I don't have an option to see someone else right now, not without paying for it. And finances are tight with, uh, right now. So I don't have the resources to just see someone else. Yeah. That's like a ton of support mechanisms that you usually have kind of systemically failing. (laughs) (laughs) I've felt like that, like times that I've had meltdowns too, it felt like, I have um, just a table situation set up, and it's more or less stable. It's like one of those ones at a cafe where, like, if you wedge a napkin under, like, (laughs) one of the legs, like, it's, let's just call it functional, you know? (laughs) And if you start knocking out the table legs, pretty soon you start to be pretty wobbly indeed. No amount of napkins is going to help that situation. No amount of napkins wedged (laughs) under the legs is going to help if you have only two legs. And I have felt like that, like... um, this was summer of 2011. I think you were traveling, Sarah. Yeah. You were gone, and um, my my all my good friends uh, in Cambridge were traveling or away. So that was like a major loss of, of stability and support. And then I was heartbroken, and that was like mm-hmm. another major one. So it was like not only the dearth of that like s- source of support, like a relationship support it was also the heartache you know on top of it and then like work was shitty or something like it's not for me to oh yeah it was shitty there I was like me trying to get my first planet publication out and it was like that was like nightmarish and and so like things were looking real grim I was kind of struggling to function but still like kind of within the realm of of functioning and then I was at work I received an email from a co-author being like, listen, I need like this chi-squared calculation. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason I looked at it and I started having a panic attack and my life can kind of be separated actually into like before this event and after it. I think my brain chemistry actually changed like to a certain extent because it was the start of the very clear onset of like my first major depressive episode. Mm -hmm. So like it had kind of been already like pretty bad but then this was like a definite step function down like very sharply to kind of like non-functionality so I realized that something was going clearly wrong I just walked out of the office I don't even think I had my stuff I was like I just got to get outside I was kind of talking to myself I wandered out of the CFA I walked as far as there's like a park I think it's almost near Alewife I was walking like without direction and I sat down on a picnic bench and I was like talking to myself saying like, it's perfectly normal that you feel this way. No wonder you're so miserable. I mean, like I really looked like not stable. I'm sure mm-hmm. I ran into a friend, um, on the street and she was like with a baby in a stroller and I just couldn't even look her in the eye. Like I was crying and I, I obviously something was really wrong and that was the beginning of like a really dark few period of months. So that was like extreme meltdown. I no longer could function. 
like I couldn't, I knew that I was going to have to fly in a plane to go Mm -hmm. to a funeral a few days later. And I remember very clearly just even the thought of traveling, it was like outside the realm of possibility to even like really leave the house. The only place that I felt even tolerable, I was still miserable, but tolerable was like literally in bed. So I would like Mm -hmm. get up and brush my teeth and then get back into bed and then like get up and put my pants on and then like get back into bed and then get up and like brush my hair and get back Mm -hmm. into bed. It was like this whole barely functional existence of um, like trying to just tolerate reality, like a horrific meltdown, horrific meltdown. And I look back on it now and I feel like I had very good instincts. So when I say like meltdown instincts, it's like um, a crisis situation. So like, what are the tools that you have in a crisis? And at the time, I remember thinking like, it's hopeless, like nothing is ever going to help. I'm never going to laugh again. I remember thinking like, I didn't have suicidal thoughts per se, but I thought like, I just, I wish that I didn't have to deal with being alive. You know, like, I'm just so tired of it. You know, I wouldn't be bummed if it were done. And, but so the thoughts I had were, first of all, recognizing that that was really extreme. I like made an appointment at Harvard Mental Health. I mean, those are the appointments that you'll be seeing the same day if you're like, I'm Mm -hmm. having a complete and total meltdown and I can't function. And I went in and started on medication. And then I also had the instinct to just like go home. I'm lucky where home with my parents is like a good nourishing place. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sarah, I like... I mean, that fall I lost, like, 30 pounds. Like, none of my clothes fit anymore. I remember, like, having to think, like, just to eat extremely calorie-rich foods just Mm -hmm. to get the nourishment. Those were really, really dark times. But the instincts I had to to go home, right, to go to the doctor, like, to at least try, and those were good instincts, right? So, like, when all else fails... What are the instincts you have left over? It sounds like for you, there was still the instinct left to take deep breaths, mm-hmm. right? Like when all else is has fled from you, higher order ability to like journal or whatever, yeah. what remains is good, you know, like, okay, then you should just go to sleep, right? Or like mm-hmm. just eat, eat something nourishing. Um, tomorrow is another day. And mm-hmm. I've had like funnier meltdowns, <laughs> but that's like... But that's like a major one. Just last week, I was feeling like, you know, the icy fingers of depression on my spine once again. But it's it's like nothing is, is that bad and nothing I hope ever will be. Again, fingers crossed. And Sarah, I was so like comatose, like during my guitar lesson, I was kind of staring at the middle distance and, my gu- and like barely keeping it together. And my guitar teacher was like man, like, you're really feeling like this today. And he played like a minor chord, like a really sad minor <laughs> chord. And like, I almost started to cry right then. And then we're getting up and leaving. He's also my friend. And, and he was like, what's the word, you know, like, what's the deal, Sarah? And I, Sarah, I, this was in my bedroom. I chucked my phone at the bed and I just said, what's to become of me? Like, what's going to become of me? And I just collapsed like on the bed, like with my face down. I just like went limp. What's to become of me? Like, <laughs> Will I ever experience love again? Where am I going to fucking live in a year? I don't know where yeah. I'm going to be living. Yeah. I don't know. How am I going to just whatever? And I mean, to, it felt so good to just throw something and then collapse. <laughs> <laughs> like that felt really good. I like that you, you had this instinct too, to just like get under the desk. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even get to this meltdown. To, like, this is bro. meltdown number two. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I had oh, no, this instinct. Alert. So... 
I this was last week again another Linux problem where my computer screen the video card wasn't being read and you know it wasn't working it wasn't the drivers were corrupted or whatever and I couldn't this is when I couldn't even see a, a prompt and and I booting even into non-graphics mode started to fail and then it got into this infinite login loop I mean a whole bunch of things <laughs> went wrong you know you would log in your it, first off it had like the the resolution got really distorted so you could barely see the login screen and I would <laughs> type in my credentials and it would just keep it was this infinite login. There's a whole bunch of things like that went like the five or six things were going wrong with this. It eventually I got it sorted out. But when in the midst of this, when I, I think I can't remember, I think it was when I couldn't even get a prompt up on the, on the, you know, like a <laughs> command line, no graphics prompt. And I was yeah. like, what did I just do? Cause I tried some, you know, to some update or something. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, did I just really screw myself over? Mm-hmm. And I crawled up. So no one else was in my office. I share my office with, with three other people. I think they had all gone home for the day. I closed the door. I went under the desk. I like was lying on my side and I started to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I like you had the instinct to like burrow. You know, like, that's like a very animal instinct where you're like, it's time to just hibernate, like, below. (laughs) It's so pathetic, though. I mean, let me tell you, it was, it was like out of a movie, you know, it's like one of the, all I needed was like an ice cream tub and, (laughs) or a bottle of wine, you know, in in that one gift, which we will link to also. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, yeah, that was last week, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) and in the end it turned out okay. I fixed, I fixed things, but then I was so, I had to do this, these apps and like this one app for a job that I really want. And this was like delaying this, you know, and, and part of me was stressing over cause I, should I just not fix this computer and just, you know, I can work on the lap app on my laptop. But I was really having a hard time taking myself away from this problem, you know, with the computer, my, my research computer failing to just work on the thing that I really needed to work on. And so after the computer was fixed, that took like two days of my life, then I was so drained, I couldn't start working on what I needed to work on for several hours. I think I just went and I had a cup of coffee and I was planning to do some work on the application, but I just was so emotionally drained that I couldn't. And then I think I went home and I went for a run and then I started working on it later and I actually got a lot of work done later that day. But it was just, I think I stayed up till 3 a.m. that day from 11 to 3. That was like oh. my most productive hours. I think I texted you about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a weird, it was a weird moment. But I wanted to get into like this, okay, so I had this really shitty advice from my therapist. Yeah, I think we can all agree. bad advice. We can all agree that that's laughable. Again, you got to watch the YouTube video where the therapist just basically yells at the person the whole time being like, stop it, stop it, (laughs) just stop it (laughs) to every, to every problem she presents, just stop it. (laughs) um, uh, That's how I felt like this therapy was going. So I called my mentor and she really had some, like a pearl of wisdom, which I've now really taken to heart. It's kind of my new mantra in times of stress and trouble. And, and what she said, the very first thing she said was that she said, you need to take care of the body first. And she was like, that means eating, sleeping, moving, you know, exercise comes first, not second, you know, not behind work. Exercise comes first. Sleep comes first. 
you know, eating healthy food or food that you like comes first. You know, taking a walk to think or decompress comes first. Taking a nap comes first, not second. And that, and she just kept, she kept giving examples of things, you know, of like these self-care things, how we often, I feel when we're really stressed, um, and we have a lot to do, they do come second. You know, we sleep less, we, we stay up later, we then still get up at the same time, or we don't feel like we have time to exercise, or, you know, we don't take a walk, or we don't take a nap, or we don't eat anything, or or we eat stuff that we know will make us feel bad. We do, you know, we don't reach for things that are nourishing us both physic, you know, physically, and and so that advice to just take care of the body first, like when my mental capability was failing, to really just focus on kind of being a human animal Mm -hmm. and taking care of the body and really not worrying about the mind, you know, because I had all the mental stuff going wrong and I'm like, I need to fix my mind, you know, with meditation or free writing or, (laughs) you know, Pomodoro's or whatever, you know, I had, but like, I couldn't fix what was happening in my brain and all the anxiety there, but I could focus on eating, sleeping, moving and making sure that I'm not tired and have enough energy. And once I restored that physical energy, I was able to tackle the mental difficulties much, much better. So I think that was the single biggest thing that I just really, really resonated with me. And thankfully I have a mentor that's much wiser than that therapist, Um, you know, that I could talk to and reach out to. And she gave that good advice. And the second thing she said was to go on an input diet, you know, less, Facebook, less Twitter, which yep. Sarah, I don't know if you want to go into your recent I'm, do- I'm input doing diet. well, Sarah. I'm like a month and a half in at this point. I just had yeah. Sarah, I had Sarah like change my passwords like right in front of me to both Twitter and Facebook. So I like physically cannot log she in. She can't log in. I, I control, in Sarah I control the accounts. <laughs> so, to, so to have access there's the barrier of asking Sarah for my password (laughs) and that's real. You know what I mean? Like that's real. So, and I don't miss it. (laughs) I I think it's great too, because I think when you change your password or something, you can force log every Facebook session out. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's, I have a lot of power here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of power, plenty of power. Um, and I don't, I don't miss it, but like that level of, um, it was contributing non-negligibly um, yeah. to just stress. kind of an untenable amount of stress that wasn't yeah. actually constructive. Like, yeah. you know, like a certain amount of um, of stress is motivational, but yes. this was surpassing that. So I wasn't actually doing anything. Instead, I was just like reacting emotionally mm-hmm. throughout the day to an extent that I would just be exhausted and would do nothing concrete. And that is true for both my personal life and my broader like engagement with the public mm-hmm. sphere, um, and it's true for my work life. So, really good advice at a meltdown. I tend to do a lot of like body related opposite action. That's like a mindfulness mm-hmm. strategy too, where it's like you do the opposite of what you feel like you deserve. You know, mm-hmm. so like I really disliked like this time around, for example, like this particular week of depressive feelings I was feeling like really angry at my body and I like really didn't like its shape and it's like whole thing it's whole deal like Mm. I just disliked it and and even hated it and so I did the opposite I I took like extra really nice baths like Mm. with really nice bath bombs um I was gonna go to the beach for a 
party for a friend's birthday party and I was like I feel like hiding and I feel like covering up but I'm gonna do the opposite I'm gonna like wear a bikini and like on purpose like I was doing that stuff on purpose um until it starts to kick in again the like more constructive I guess like ways of thinking I feel restored I guess to like non-depressive thinking like eventually but in the moment it's like tend to the body so Mm -hmm. um like baths basically really helps extra gentleness extra nourishing food Mm -hmm. and prioritizing those things um even though you feel in the moment you're like that's the last thing I deserve yeah I should be working harder if I am so angry at myself and I feel like I don't have control well then the solution is not to lounge around like a slug and feel sorry for Mm -hmm. myself these are things I say to myself it's very cruel I would never say them to a friend but that's not good intel like that's that's not helpful at the end of the Mm -hmm. day it's rather the opposite, the, like, gentle treatment to yourself and, like, really prioritizing um, yeah. self-care, I guess, that is helpful in a true, in a moment of crisis. Yeah. Well, that is the whole ethos behind our podcast. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I wanted to just briefly mention, we're going to have a whole podcast, we think, on body image because yeah. it's recently, it's just apparent to me that everyone struggles with this at some level. Yeah. And we, Sarah and I have talked about it with ourselves and I think she's gorgeous. Um, and, and, you know, (laughs) we will, we will hit this topic in more thorough detail later, but yeah, I think it's really important to, to realize that taking care of yourself allows you to be, that's what allows you to succeed and and overcome these things. But if you, if you're trying to, I, I often have the same instinct you do, Sarah, where I tell myself, well, I just need to, you know, for this week or month or day or whatever it is, just need to pedal to the metal and just work, work, work. And then I'll feel better because I'll have gotten stuff done, which is partly true. I mean, getting stuff done does help alleviate that cycle, you know, hence the Pomodoro method. But when you're really struggling, it's not, a t- it's not tenable to just keep doing more work at the expense of your mental and physical health. Like that just doesn't work. And so I think what I really learned from this is like, you have to, you have to nourish those first, then you have the strength to do the work that will help move you a little bit further towards the, you know, application deadline or whatever it is that you paper deadline, whatever it is that you have. So you need to do those first. The other thing that, that Sally said that I found really helpful was, you know, saying no, you know, to things. This is often a common piece of advice. Gosh, this is, I'm um, obsessed with this advice right now. It, it's, you know, <laughs> saying no to time commitments that are, you know, that are fun but not vital. And, and I loved her quote on this, which I have now used directly to someone okay. <laughs> when I skipped a meeting and I, that, you know, and I said, I'd love to be there, but my gift of omnipresence is waning is what I said. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, so it's, and, and realizing that saying no is temporary. So, you know, maybe you're saying no to some, you know, women in science requests or outreach things that you really do care about. It's just, you don't have the resources to do it now. So saying no also to certain hobbies that I really do like, but I just can't have the stress of those on top of, of work and eating and sleeping and exercise or whatever. So just saying no is not necessarily a permanent thing and convincing my brain that saying no now is not saying no forever, you know, and that I will get back to some of these things that I care about, but it's just now is not the time. 
And also sometimes I find it helpful to set a time limit on it. Not a time limit, but just a forgiveness of myself. Like I am going to forgive myself for just not doing anything about this issue. Maybe, you know, that I might really care about in outreach or mentoring, but I just can't take on anything new for six months. And I'm just going to feel totally fine with that. And then I'll revisit it in six months, you know, or, or something like that. Well, that sounds pretty wise to me. She's, I mean, she's a very wise lady. <laughs> we've we've definitely seen one another in meltdown modes. I mean, it really, uh, I wish that, I, I guess I just feel like I have a long way to go to, um, like, see the warning signs and be respectful yeah. of them. I'm not 100% good at that yet. I'm not good at that at all. I don't even think, I'm, I, like, I don't even think I'm approaching 50% on that, <laughs> as, noted, as noted by the last two that happened in, like, quick succession. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. You're, you're a high achiever, though. The true warning signs, like, um, I won't be, uh, signs that a meltdown is approaching. Um, my thoughts are not susceptible to like logic or reality any longer the message the negative message is so strong that it's just stronger than like any evidence to the contrary you know so like this time around I was like I'm irritating even my therapist you know (laughs) like she's only she's only human like all like all like truly toxic thoughts there's like a grain of truth to it like that's how it gets in she's only human and and she's so sick of me and my like bullshit Okay, and so, like, I heard that thought, and I really felt like it was true, and I was like, I shouldn't go back until I, like, have it together, (laughs) you know, which is, like, so counterproductive, Um, but then I thought, so the whole 10-year baseline of time that I've had with her in, like, our therapeutic relationship, like, none of that mattered. Yeah. That that didn't matter, because the truth was that she didn't like me, and that, like, it was just all, I was just pathetic. You know, and so I was like, that's a really good sign. It's like diagnostic, I guess. It's a really good sign that like meltdown is either imminent or like is occurring, Um, which means that it's just this crisis and not the the truth. I, I don't know if I have a same diagnostic like that, but I do find that I just stop. I, I, my focus goes away. Yeah. You know, I like procrastination really goes up you know, on simple tasks and, and the anxiety about even opening like a word document with the real thing in it is high, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So that's what I find. I don't know if I find, I haven't been mindful of like the thought spiral. I feel like that's when I have that thought spiral of like, nothing will be good ever again. I'm already Right. under the table, you know, <laughs> drinking the wine and having the, having my mascara run down my face. Um, so we've already hit, hit that at that point, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like my first sign is like pro- procrastination on things that beyond just kind of a normal day procrastination, there's like a different feel to it. I feel. Yeah. There's you a know. whole different flavor, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a true meltdown. I actually physically it's hard to describe. I actually feel like the world is not as bright. It feels like there's a cloud over my head. It almost like I can sense when it's there. It's almost like, um, like the cartoon walking around with you, the cloud, the cloud that's raining uh, and you just, everyone else has sunshine, but the cloud over that it feels like depression is like a black balloon. That's like tied to my wrist. And it usually like trails behind me. I can never like fully get rid of it. And it'll just, like, block out the sun periodically. It really does feel like things are not as bright, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. over. It's like overcast in my mind. 
And I can tell when that's happening. I'm just like, oh, that's what this is. Mm. And one of my best strategies is just to actually wait it out. And that's really frustrating because, like, in an academic yeah. context, it's not like patients and, like, process is really prioritized. It's product. Mm-hmm. Product, product, yeah. product. So And product um, in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's just real deadlines, as there is in any job. Yep. But, you know, there sometimes I feel right now, like with this last meltdown, part of it was like, but I have stuff that I have to do within a week. You know, like there is, <laughs> I don't have two days to try to get through this stupid video card failure. You know, no, like I need, I need this to work now. <laughs> Why couldn't you break in a month, you know, when I don't have anything coming up? And so it's like there is this problem of, you know, often I feel like my meltdowns correspond with the really busy, stressful periods because it all feeds off of itself. And when things go wrong, you know, it's Murphy's Law, they all go wrong. I remember telling Sarah, like, in addition to that day where I had my crying under the desk, in addition to my video card problems, I also had like this email extension problem and I just tried to send a help request (laughs) about the email extension that was failing and I couldn't even log in to send the request because it kept getting in an infinite loop. So they have a flaw. They have an infinite loop flaw. So they would ask me for my password. I put in my password and then it would kick me out again. And I'm just like, ah, and I I just lost it. I was like, I can't even send a help request for, for my problem. Like I can't even write the email. I had taken the screenshots. I had it all prepared. And, and then I was like, I can't even do a basic task of reaching out for help. Yep. On something. And again, this thing wasn't necessary. Do I need this email extension to write this application? So this is part of like the procrastination too. like these other problems that were pissing me off were taking over my mental uh, and emotional energy to deal with the real task at hand, which was finishing this proposal. I have like, um, I guess I was going to recommend like a couple resources that I use like in a rock bottom place. One of them is um, a website. I feel like the title is just something like "You feel so you feel like shit" or something. It's basically like um, a series of yes or no questions. So it starts just like, "Have you taken your medication today? If not, take your medication." You know, then you click next, and then it's like, "When's the last time you had a glass of water?" Then it's like, "Is there anything about your immediate surroundings that's distressing to you?" And then you're supposed to give yourself like an hour to kind of work your way through it, but I found that to be really Mm. helpful. Um, That's cool. And then I also use these strategies from, like, um, these mindfulness, (laughs) these, like, mindfulness zines. (laughs) I I literally was like, what's one thing? I'm sitting down on the end of my bed, and I'm like, what's one thing that I can see? What's one thing that I can taste? What's one thing that I can smell? And I'm, like, looping through my senses to kind of return to my body in a moment of, like, panic or just, like, despair. So I I would say, like, I lean a lot more on, like, scripted recovery tools Mm -hmm. because, like, the higher-order functioning is not there. This is some, like, booting up in safe mode level (laughs) You need to take the cognitive load off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where it's, like, booting up in safe mode, I don't (laughs) don't have, like, the higher-order functioning. It's, like basic stuff I have to like literally look at a manual 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how to be a person. And, <laughs> um, but that's what they're there for. And I also find those tools really useful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a flow chart that's like, did you put on your socks today? Did you only, do you only have one yep. sock on? Now put on the second sock. Yep. All right. Now yep, we're going to yep. move up. Yep. <laughs> now we're cooking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's true. It's, it, sometimes, yeah, you need to offload the basic functions onto a routine or something that you've, yeah, you've relied on these things before too. I would love to get that website from you because <laughs> oh, yeah. I can tell it'll come in use in handy sometime soon. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Do you have anything else you want to add about meltdown, Sarah? No, I think that's it. I mean, pretty much, <laughs> you know, we all have them. I'm sure, uh, you know, if, if not literally crying under your desk, I'm sure you wish you were, I'm sure there was a time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I've cried in and been like so like physically dirty like cleaning a I've told Sarah about this story like cleaning an apartment that I was moving out of and I was like so miserable (laughs) about the entire situation that okay so I was like covered in dirt like just on my face and I got into this car it wasn't even my car I'd sold my car you know it's like the end I borrowed a friend's car just with like my few possessions for moving and I was crying so hard that it was, like, making tracks through the dirt, <laughs> like, like, all of her twist. <laughs> like, like an urchin. Like an urchin from all of her Bedraggled. A bedraggled urchin. A bedraggled urchin. <laughs> and I looked nuts. I mean, I, looked, I, I saw myself in the rearview mirror, and then I started laughing. I must have looked just totally unhinged. Like, to a person, like, it just is the level of meltdown. It, it is the level of, like, what's to become of me and, like, throwing your phone and just collapsing. <laughs> you know, I hear us talking, Sarah, and I'm like, does anyone have, you know, does anyone else have this? I hope it's not just the Sarahs here because I feel like you're the person note, who sees. listeners. Yeah, yeah, please, please tell us because I feel, I feel like, am I the only one who has these meltdowns? Downs because like vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I do well, you know, because we don't talk about them. And like Sarah, you're the one that I mainly tell my true meltdowns to. You know, it's not like it's not like I parade this around, you know, at the office and tell my department <laughs> chair, "Oh yeah, yesterday I was crying under my desk, and today things are going better." That's not like a conversation I've had, you know. <laughs> so. I think based on, yeah, but based on the people who have come to you, like think about the, not the public conversations, but the private conversations. There's like an undercurrent of people just trying to like get through the day and function. That's like what I feel like I've, that's the the strong vibe of like being in any department based on people who trust you enough to come and talk to you about what really is going on. Think about all the times that people have done that with you, Sarah. And it's just like, Everyone, I feel like, is, like, barely making it through the day, with the exception of, like, two people that we know, whose brains yeah. are just, like, flooded with serotonin. <laughs> and we know exactly who and they are. Just, like, champions of functioning, and they're just, like, outliers. But um, but to that end, like, listeners, maybe you should let um, Sarah and I know if you've had similar meltdowns, please... Uh, send us an email. I guess this is a good, as good a spot to wrap up as any. Uh, send us an email at drsarahcare at gmail.com. D-R-S, plural, doctors, Sarah Care. And for uh, links to all of the things that we've been discussing in this episode, including these gifts, um, very important gifts, VIGs, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you can visit our, our Tumblr page. That's drsarahcare at tumblr.com.
thank you again for listening and we look forward to to the next episode which maybe will be imposter syndrome related it seems like it's been cooking on the back burner for a while indeed all right (laughs) okay thank you thanks bye